Welcome to the Axial Spondyloarthritis Podcast, hosted by me, Jason Sacco. I'm a longtime spondy looking to bring the community closer to give the community a voice. I'll be reaching out to organizations, doctors, nutritionists, and anyone that I think can help increase our spondy quality of life. Enjoy and learn what is available to make your life better. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Axial Spondyloarthritis Podcast. I hope this finds everyone doing great. It's been, for myself, a pretty decent week. We've had some sun here in Michigan for a couple of days, and I don't know about you, but just some sunny weather, intermittent or no clouds, just what a great feeling I get for my own mental health. And so with that, I hope you all had some time to take some mental health breaks for yourself, come to grips if you're trying to do that with what AS can do to you, and also try to live as normal a life as you can and not let AS hold you back if at all possible. One of the things about this show is that when I can relate to something, I like to talk about how it affects me. And then hopefully that can help you to understand that there's others going through what you may be going through. And about two years ago, I became associated with a website called ankylosingspondylitis.net. If you've not gone out to that website, there's just a great amount of articles. And for the most part, they're all written by others with axial spondyloarthritis, ankylosing spondylitis, whichever term you want to use for that. And with that, I saw an article come across my feed today that was by a person that I've met through the website, through online, never met in person because she is in Australia, but I find her writing fantastic. She's very amiable, and I would encourage you to reach out to her when you see her online and the posts that she does online. You will see different things on ankylosingspondylitis.net as well as through like living with ankylosing spondylitis and, and all the different forums on Facebook. And I'll have a link to this article she wrote in the show notes so that you can actually reach out to her through the website as well. But again, she's in Australia, great person, had lovely conversations with her. And the article she wrote about today really had me thinking because I've seen a lot of this pop up as people try to come to grips with what is related to AS, what's not, and how I'm affected by mood, stress, anything. And so the article is by Anne-Marie Raymond. Again, Anne-Marie is from Australia, and I encourage you to reach out to her via Facebook or any number of channels. She's just a fantastic person. This article that she wrote on ankylosingspondylitis.net is titled Stress, Grief, and Ankylosing Spondylitis. She goes on to talk about, you know, it doesn't feel like a stretch to say that stress has always made my AS symptoms worse. Most medical professionals and the majority of people with AS would agree. And as a side note, I can certainly agree. I know that when I was still fusing and would have higher levels of stress, it would affect me. Now my neck is the only spot that's left fusing, and I can tell you that if I have a stressful, even simple as a drive home from work, my neck will tighten right up, and it's just miserable. And it reminds me of what my back and hips and everything used to be like. She goes on to say, It's a cruel irony that in the worst possible vicious cycle, the stress related to having a chronic illness makes that illness worse. She says, I often used to wonder why this was the case. How could stress, essentially just thoughts, have such a big effect on our physical body? 
That was before I learned about the effects of prolonged cortisol release on inflammation. Then she puts a link to it, which I'll have in the show notes, to an article that talks about the release of the cortisol and its effects on inflammation. She goes, with this process in mind, I find it interesting to look back on my life with AS. She says, plotting some of the most challenging things I've experienced in the past 20 years often shows a correlation with a spike in my symptoms. Moving, flare. Promoted into a stressful job, flare. Death of a family member, major flare. It's too much to be coincidence. I don't know of any way to safeguard against the stressful events life throws at us. She says, if anyone has figured this out, please email her. But in the meantime, I've tried to adjust how I react when they occur. Learning to express my feelings has been a big change for me. Like many people, I grew up in a conflict-adverse family and didn't learn healthy ways to disagree or say no. This saw me swallow a lot of feelings and live with many choices I didn't want to make. And I can certainly understand that. One part of my family was very conflict-averse, was always trying to be level, don't say what you're feeling, just keep it down. The other side of my family was very loud, talkative, and my dad was very much one where he would confront you if he thought you were having a bad day and force it to come out of you, whether you want to talk about it or not. So I had both sides, and unfortunately in my own life, I managed to drift more towards the lack of confrontation. That was where I fell for many, many years. She goes on to say, the older I become, the more important it is that I am fair to myself, and which I completely agree. Sometimes that means pushing back. Knowing this has an impact on my pain levels is a powerful motivator, even when speaking up feels socially uncomfortable. I've still got a lot of work to do, she says, but I think being more honest and true to myself has played a part in my overall sense of contentment and my improved health in recent years. And I'll also agree that with that wholeheartedly. Once I started to realize that you could have a dialogue with somebody when you disagreed with them. You did it in a healthy manner that allowed for both parties to be heard and got your point across. Whether it was right or wrong to the other person was really of no relevance. It was merely that you were able to speak your mind and get that off of your chest, so to speak, so you weren't holding it in. So she goes on to say, learning to journal has become a tool I rely on to get through difficult times. Following the death of my mother, I wrote all of my thoughts and feelings down in a notebook as a way to work through my grief. There were many tears shed over these pages, but somehow getting the words out of my head and onto paper helped me process a lot of tough emotions. I still went into a flare, but it wasn't as debilitating as I'd anticipated after what had been an incredibly draining year. And I can understand having lost my father a couple years ago, internalized that, and it was a very challenging time for me. And even to this day, I just the other day, I thought about how great it would be to talk to him. And, you know, that can create some depression and, and just symptoms that you have to deal with. So the loss of a loved one is really, really a hard thing to deal with and just exasperates the situations we deal with. She goes on to talk about meditating has become my go-to stress buster and the tool I reach for when I feel myself getting strung out. I agree. I've been very open with everybody that I practice transcendental meditation. I know there's multiple levels to it. Some people may or may not like it. I just did the basic and I do try to do a meditation in the morning and a meditation in the evening as they teach. And I find that's very, very cathartic. 
it really does release a lot of um, angst, a lot of stress. Breathing deeply and taking time out, even for a few minutes, is a powerful circuit breaker, she says, for her nervous system. And I always feel different afterwards. Everything you hear about meditating is true. It's impossible to stop your mind wandering. It feels hard initially, and it's also totally worthwhile and the best thing you can do for your brain. Once I realized all this was true and embraced the imperfection, I was hooked. I also recommend it to everyone I know with AS because I do think it helps. I agree. I'm a big believer in practicing some type of meditation. I'll have some links in the show notes to some YouTube videos on basic meditation. She says, my final stress buster is the one I enjoy the most. It's making time to be with people who make me laugh and lift me up. Social connection and the support of others is my favorite antidote when life starts to feel overwhelming. And I concur when you're feeling down, get around, talk to your coworkers you like, talk to family, reach out to others of us with AS and just whether it's you need somebody to commiserate with or tell something good or something bad, we're all here to support each other. I think it's so important to hear how other people are dealing with AS, and that's why I read Anne-Marie's article today, so that it gives you an idea of, again, just what others are dealing with and how that can affect them and how they feel and, and everything that they go through. Part of the show is, I hope, when I can deliver how I feel and, and let you know that you're not alone, but the other part is to highlight what others are dealing with and to let you know how they're feeling and that we're just all one big community. We're all in this together. So I hope everyone has had, again, just a wonderful week. Please go to spondypodcast.com, sign up for the mailing list, and if you get a chance, go to the tab that says leave a review and leave the show a review. I'd really appreciate it. You could hear it read here on one of the upcoming episodes. Thank you, and have a wonderful week.